Welcome everybody to Dead Talk Live, and today we've got special guest Steve Gonzalez, the lead paranormal investigator of the Atlantic Paranormal Society. Steve, how you doing, man? Thank you for being here. Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. It's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. And just a little note, we, uh, I actually saw you at New York Comic Con. I was in there during the roundtable. I came in towards the end and I had a scheduled interview with Amy and Adam. Uh, mm -hmm. I wanted to say hello, but you guys were pretty busy. So I'm really grateful that I get this opportunity to actually talk to you this time. So a big thank you for coming on today. Uh, so let's talk about this New Year's Day special. You guys are joining forces with uh, Dakota and the Destination Fear team. You're investigating the Joliet prison. Uh, tell us about this special and was it a wild ride? What should we as viewers expect? It was actually, that's a good way to put it, a, a wild ride. <laughs> it was, uh, it was actually a lot of fun. You know, those, those uh, all three of those guys, uh, Alex and, and uh, uh, Tanner and, and Dakota, uh, unfortunately, Chelsea wasn't, wasn't there with us, but uh, having those guys there, uh, they really bring a, a whole different energy and, and uh, sort of a different technique and style. Obviously they're more, um, you know, let's see what we can do uh, just to get an interaction. And hopefully that interaction is big enough to give us a bit of a, you know, a, a fright. And, and that's a fun and great way uh, to investigate, you know, different than our style. But having us together uh, really worked awesome. I, I feel like just the way that they were communicating and, and you know, really trying to draw something out uh, helped quite a bit. There was a, a time when Alex was uh, asking for something to come closer to him. And sure enough, you can hear these boot footprint sounds or not footprints, I guess, but like running sounds. And you can hear the sound of like boots hitting the metal stairs. Uh, and it really quite scared him, you know, and, and Dakota and I were, were chasing around what we think was most likely an inmate. Uh, really, there was some strong call and response happening. And you know, the call and response and everything, you have to make sure that you are, you know, dealing with patterns. You know, if it just happens once, twice, maybe, but two is a coincidence, three is a pattern. So we, we try to recognize that uh, before we really considered a, a, a possible, you, you know, experience. And, and we were seeing those patterns all, all over that place. And it was really fun. That's very interesting. Now, this episode, this special that's airing on New Year's Day on Discovery Plus, for everybody that wants to check it out, is also the kickoff to the new Ghost Hunter season. Is that accurate? That's right. Yeah. We'll start um, every week. There'll be a new episode of uh, Ghost Hunters available on, on Discovery Plus. And uh, it, it's... You know, the episodes that we have coming uh, have been some of our favorite cases that we've ever filmed. Honestly, the team is in such a place where we are just locked in and we know exactly what to do. And, and we focused really strongly on really bringing a, a resolution to the, the, the clients that we are dealing with. And although there have been some investigations that we've been able to explore these huge places like prisons and, and asylums that as a paranormal investigator is a lot of fun, but we've also been able to really focus on, you know, the people who are living with this and are quite frightened, you oh, know, yeah. families that are ready to move out. And uh, 
that's been quite a, a rewarding experience with this particular season. And uh, we're expe you know, expecting that uh, the audience will really think that some of the evidence that we have caught uh, is some of our best. Awesome. You know, we really have some uh, really f frightening things, to be honest with you, some things we didn't expect to capture. Wow. Now, you guys are like the pioneers when it comes to televised ghost hunters. You guys started this like on the on Lifetime in like 2004. So take us back. Uh, how did you and Jason, who, by the way, Jason Hawes was supposed to join us today, but due to a last minute scheduling change, he was not able to make it. He sends his regrets. Hopefully we'll get Jason on at a later date, but we're really excited to have Steve here with us. Uh, so take us back to before you guys got on TV in 2004. How did you guys meet? Uh, did you and Jason know each other? How did that work? Yeah, we, we had history together, obviously, but before the show, uh, there are some people who think, you know, that we were sort of put together for television and, and maybe, um, you know, that's a, a way that the show may have portrayed in the beginning, but that certainly isn't the case. We were a, a team long before and I knew Jason for quite some time. Um, for instance, you know, uh, well, I, uh, John Zappas, who's somebody that, that we, we love and, and work with all the time. I met him when I was, I think, 14 years old or 15 years old for the, the first time. So uh, we've all sort of known each other for a, a long time. But uh, I worked lightly with uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren for a, a little while and on a few cases. Uh, and that's actually when I, I first met John uh, Zaffis. And uh, uh, Jason had knew of, of uh, my work just from, you know, my, my own team that, that I had. And, of course, I knew his work back then it was called rhode island paranormal but we would just talk on you know emails and just phone calls and, and tell stories and, and talk back and forth uh, and then finally we're like we should probably start working together you know and uh, we were investigating together and uh, then a grant it came along and uh, back then the team was called rhode island paranormal uh, grant was a, a webmaster and, and said you guys need a new website and, and a new team name like this is you know rich rhode island paranormal is a little macabre you know um and so that that's how taps. That, that's when we became uh, taps right the atlantic paranormal society and uh, from there you know that was the 90s so we didn't you know we were approached we actually had a a story that went out in the new york times and uh, all of these production companies, because, you know, the team had already done, you know, Scariest Places on Earth that Jason worked pretty closely with uh, that show Fear on, on MTV. Mm -hmm. and, and so the team was already lecturing and, and doing things. And uh, we had a, a particular case that was showcased in an article for New York Times. And from there, it went on through the wire. You know, that's just the service that goes everywhere. And then the next thing you know, you're on TV. What was it like getting <laughs> approached and saying, hey, what do you guys feel about doing this in front of a camera? Well, we, when we were first approached, I remember uh, we had a meeting and uh, we collectively decided to, to turn it down. You know, we were approached by a few different production companies uh, saying, we didn't even know people did this. This is real. Like you guys have real jobs, but then as a hobby, you go do this. And we're like, yeah, they're like, like in the movies. And we're like, yeah, but real life. Um, but back then, nobody wanted anybody to know that their house was haunted, yeah. you know, so 
we were like, we can't bring camera crews into these. We can't, we don't even, we show up in unmarked cars and we park down the street. Like people don't want people to know because they're looked at like the, you know, the weirdo on, on the street oh, back yeah. then. Anyway, oh, yeah. now, you know, you're, you're kind of the, the cool person on the block. If you have a haunted, you could sell tickets to your, you know, to, to your house. But back then nobody wanted. So that was a problem. And then we just, we weren't TV guys, you know, Jay and Grant were legitimately Roto-Rooter plumbers. I was uh, working as a police officer in, in, in the jewelry industry a little bit. And um, so it just wasn't for us. So we did, we turned it down, I, I want to say for maybe two or three years. Wow. Yeah. But then in 2003, um, Pilgrim Films, who makes the show Ghost Hunters, really said, listen, we'll let you just do your thing and we will just follow you. No you know, if it is a ghost, if it isn't, whatever, whatever. And we finally decided to, to do it. Um, and that's how, yeah, that, that's how it, it happened. It's great that they let you do it your way and they didn't try to push anything on you. I think that's fantastic. And I think you guys made a great choice because obviously 2004, here we are in 2021 and you guys are still going strong. Now, what do you guys think of the pioneers, uh, the Ed and Lorraine Warrens, the Hans Holzers? Back in the days where there was no television shows that was that were documenting these. These were people with a true passion that wanted to go out, explore what was very taboo, what was not spoken about back then. If you believed you had a haunted house, you kept your mouth shut because you were afraid you would be sent to a lunatic asylum. You would be sent to a psychiatric ward. So looking back at those pioneers like the, like the Warrens and the Hans Holzers, uh, I'm sure you probably have the deepest of respect for what they did. Of course. Yeah. I, I was, uh, you know, I, I was one of those people. And back then, you know, people look back on Ed and Lorraine Warren as if, but when realistically, when we would go see them, there'd be, you know, 20 or 30 people in a room, you know, it wasn't as still the paranormal wasn't, you know, what it is now. We were a bunch of just sort of tight knit community and the Warrens were definitely the people we all sort of looked up to and um there were others obviously hans holzer he was a little more of the storyteller mm -hmm. side of it um but of course yeah you have to pay homage to to, to all of them and, and you know one of my investigation techniques and styles that i think we all use in the field is something that ed warren always said is that uh, you know you never know you just gotta wait you know, he would set up a, a lawn chair in, in, in Union Cemetery and, and wait for days, just wow. hours on end. And, as, you know, Lorraine would be like, get out of the graveyard. And Ed's like, what do you mean? She hasn't shown up yet. The white lady is going to come. I know it. You know? But finally, after months and months, he had some success. You know, But, um, yeah, all of them uh, definitely look up to. William G. Roll is somebody that uh, I had a a great admiration for and was lucky enough to, to study with him at the Ryan Research Center. It was quite awesome. Uh, and, you know, Lloyd Auerbach, uh, uh, of course, uh, is somebody who I've always looked up to. His book, I still have my first copy of it behind me, but, uh, you know, ESP Hauntings is the book that sent me on, on the path of going that more analytical, scientific sort of route. 
but yeah. yeah. Now, Adam Barry said something very interesting to me when I was interviewing him. He said, we are on the frontier of a new science, okay? So as a paranormal investigator who's been doing this for a very, very long time, uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a true believer uh, of the paranormal. Now, do you feel when it comes to evidence, we, and meaning you guys, have gotten all there is to get? You're going to continue getting those EVPs. You're going to continue getting the knocks, the bangs, the footsteps. Uh, and you're coming up with newer and newer technology to capture voices, newer ways to communicate. But do you feel like we as a human race right now, we have reached our limit into asking and getting deeper questions into the paranormal, meaning that the real question, uh, what happens when you die? What's it like? That's where the communication sort of breaks off in all these investigations. So do you feel we've reached our peak or do you feel if we keep going, we are going to get more and more information? That's, that's a, uh, that's a deep one. <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, I, I think so. Honestly, I think if we, we keep the research strong and going uh, that we will un uncover more. I, I think it's one of the reasons we're all still sort of doing this. Uh, unfortunately, I think if anybody says that they do know what happens life, you know, that they may not know uh, and perhaps just misinterpreting things. Cause I don't think anybody really is no. not yet. You know, there's no, definitive proof uh, we need you know science will never look at it in a in a serious way for a few reasons one uh for a real scientific study you need repeatability uh, which doesn't exist you know in the paranormal world and you need uh, the ability to measure and and there is no uh, measurement in the paranormal world at all there's nothing to measure and uh, i've sat down with many physicists particle physicists astrophysicists and, and they all say the same thing that uh, until there's a way to measure uh, and a way to you know have repeatability in a controlled environment it's not something that science will ever take uh, you know seriously but uh, what science is starting to sort of look at is uh, the result of the phenomena right mm -hmm. for instance an object moves, they can't say, uh, well, we know what moved it, but, and they can't study what makes it move, but they know it moved, so there was an action there. Uh, so they can study that movement and maybe come to a conclusion how, how the movement took place, just how they uh, know that wind exists. You know, you'll see, uh, you can't see wind with, with your eyes. You know, you can't, it's not anything that they can measure anything, but uh, they can see its effect, you know, they can see that the tree and, and the leaves are, are shaking, it, you know, they know that it exists, not through the wind itself and, and the air movement, but through uh, the result of, of what it's doing. Have you spoken to any scientists that have acknowledged, hey, okay, this is poltergeist activity, this is unexplainable, I don't know why that uh, dish flew out of the kitchen cupboard and landed 20 feet away, there's no... Have you met any scientists that are willing to at least admit a, I just don't know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I have talked, excuse me, I have talked to a, a few. Uh, Dr. Michael Denon is one that I've spoken with who uh, does scratch his head on, on a few of the things. But to him, he still thinks there is a, a natural 
cause to it. And the paranormal is natural. Yeah. It's something that, because if it, if we see it with our eyes and it happens in the physical world, then it has to obey the laws of science as we know it to exist here. Because mm-hmm. since scientific, you know, principles, practices have been put into place in the 1600s, anything proven by science has never and can never be disproved. You know, so uh, once they that has all been established, we know that everything we've proved in terms of science up until this point uh, is to be fact. So. If we're seeing these things with our eyes and hearing them in our ears, they have to obey our rules here. And if they don't, the only way to explain that is is perhaps interdimensional. And that's in science. uh, There was a study that came out several years ago that said that 60% of the world's population does believe that something, there is something there after death. Uh, Depending on cultures, religion, faiths, they believe there's something is there. Does that number surprise you? No, it's a. I believe it was a CNN study. It was pretty recent, uh, maybe just four or five months ago, right? I think it. Yeah. Yeah, I remember it was pretty recent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it 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 doesn't surprise me. Uh, you know, I think most people are in a place that. They think that there is something else happening out there. Enough people have had experiences that they know, you know, can't be explained by just a, something naturally occurring in, in the physical world here. Does that mean a ghost? Maybe not necessarily, um, but it can ghost be used as an umbrella term as anything that, you know, happened to you throughout your life that you can't quite explain probably you know so it could encompass a lot of different experiences and not just a ghost you know a sound that somebody can't explain a door closing that maybe they couldn't explain and they say it's a ghost but maybe they didn't try to look a, a little deeper so the number may not be uh, that accurate but uh, i think most people do mm-hmm. uh, believe i i hear stories uh, from people every day uh, no matter you know where i am you know whether it's a starbucks a walmart or a signing with, with you know where people are telling us these stories all day uh they, they exist and, it, and it's more people than than not i would say and i'm happy that it's come more acceptable to come out and talk about it i'm happy that people feel free and they're not going to be judged as uh, crazy at least by the majority of people i think you know if something does happen to me it hasn't yet but if something ever does happen to me i feel perfectly comfortable going up to someone and say hey you know what something happened last night and it freaked the hell out of me you know and i have no explanation uh for what it is now let's let's differentiate like when you go to places like the trans allegheny lunatic asylum which is just one state west of me in west virginia to a house that's with a family living it, living in fear. They don't know what's going on. It could be something uh, benevolent. It could be something malevolent. But if you can't see it and you don't know what its intentions are, it's going to naturally scare you. But going to the big haunted locations like Joliet, where you guys are doing this premiere on January 1st, the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum, do you uh, personally take any measures to protect yourself, uh, to not keep yourself that open where something might come home with you, something might follow you. 
I don't, no. I mean, I, I don't go out of my way to try to make that happen. I, I wouldn't want to live in a haunted house, quite honestly. Uh, I value sleep and, and relationships and, and, you know, career and that sort of thing. And all of those things are honestly quite hard to maintain when you live in a, a truly haunted no. house. Uh, I wouldn't want to live in, in a haunted house. Uh, I want to visit haunted houses, you know, uh, quite a bit, and I do. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, but but I don't really, honestly. Um, I have a lot of things in, in my house that are supposedly haunted. Uh, I have a lot of things that you think would be haunted. Um, and I've never had any, anything happen here. Uh, but I will say that nobody living, I, I think, has an idea of what their interpretation of time and space is. You know, yeah. so maybe the experience has yet to happen. You know, what it seems like, you know, oh gosh, I, I brought this haunted sword home from, you know, a case four years ago and nothing's happened. Uh, maybe to that energy, it's it's a blink of an eye or, or no time has passed at all. Exactly. We don't know what their reference of time is. I'm pretty sure it's not the same as ours. I, I, I mean, <laughs> that's just a guess. But yeah. so when you go to a house and you have this family, I'm sure you take that responsibility very seriously. You have this family. They are scared. They are. They don't know what's going on. And I'm sure you and the rest of your team members approach this very seriously. You really want to help this family out. Uh, and you guys do everything in your power to find out, at least give them answers. Uh, so how much of a responsibility do you personally bear on your shoulders when you do go to a house with a family living in it? Oh, quite a bit. You know, it, it weighs on us and we think about it quite, a, you know, all the time, honestly, because if they are, you know, truly scared and, and don't know what's happening and, and sometimes you have children who uh, won't go into the, the house without crying and can't stay in their bedroom and, and don't want to play in their own house and all of this you know, so they're relying on you, you know, we set realistic expectations, you know, we let them know, you know, you'll hear Jason in every episode ask, uh, you know, what are you expecting us to, to be able to, because we want to set a realistic expectations that they, they need to know ahead of time that, you know, we may not, and there's a good chance we may not be able to get rid of what's ever there. You never know if that's possible. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it, it isn't. Um, but usually through some sort of, you know, uh, aftercare that we, we put together in terms of uh, what we do there during the investigation, trying to let whatever's there know that their actions are affecting people who are, you know, living and trying to live their lives like they once did, you know, that uh, sometimes that works, empowering the family to, to take their home back with different techniques works quite uh, well it's quite quite good you know yeah, yeah. and um, yeah just that education and, and letting them know what they can and can't do to really protect themselves help. yeah it, it does and uh, we have a lot of kids that see we just had somebody recently ran up and just hugged us and said thank you so much like you you should, and they didn't think we remember them. I'm like but of course we remember you you know and some we still talk to we play video games with them on like xbox live and stuff well, that's so cool yeah. when it comes to malevolent uh energies yeah if a person is a bad a bad person in life when they pass they're more than likely going to be a bad person in the afterlife and if you're good you're going to be a good person in the afterlife when it comes to uh entities that have never walked this earth 
in human form, okay? That's where people's faith and religion, Catholics call it demons, uh, the jinn, you, I mean, that just spans the globe and depending on what uh, your faith and religion is, uh, do you believe that there are uh, demonic entities that have never walked this earth, elementals that are just come from an unexplainable realm but have never been human? Uh, do you personally believe in that or do you believe that it's a spirit trying to use fear and, you know, calls itself a demon, mimics the acts of a demon uh, just to really scare the crap out of the living? So that's uh, you know something I think as as a paranormal investigator you, you ponder quite a bit. I think most investigators do, uh, but I, I think there's a good mix of both out there. To be honest, whether I would label it a demon, I'm not sure. You know, because as you said, if they were quite a, a, a a gruff person when they were alive, there's a good chance they still are when, when, when they're dead, mm -hmm. you know, so they could be doing malevolent things. They could be doing things that could be interpreted as evil or, or malicious when it's really just some guy that, that would probably jump you outside of a bar when yeah. he was alive, you know what I mean? So that could be at play a, a little bit, but also there does seem to be some things happening that are energy based that don't seem to fit what you would think of as a human sort of profile in, in terms of its behavior and, and, and whatnot. And it seems to be just energy based, Absolutely. whether that, right. Whether that's a demon. Um, I'm personally not sure. Yeah. I do happen to be Catholic. So I, I do put some faith there. Um, but even then, uh, does that mean there are demons here in the earth trying to do things? And, and uh, I just don't know. Exactly. That's just one question that I don't know if we'll ever find the answer to. We're almost out of time. I do want to ask you about one last thing. In uh, 2020, you produced a movie, uh, the, the House, I believe it was called. Uh, great documentary uh, about a house that has been haunted for many years, and it's being used by several paranormal investigators who repeatedly visit it, use it as a, as a sort of a learning tool, a mechanism to learn what's going on. And I thought it was great. You not only produced it, you made an appearance uh, in the movie as well, came to view some of the occurrences. Uh, so what was that experience like? And I would think you would have no issue with a house as long as the owners are cool with it that allow paranormal investigators to come in, they know it's haunted, and allow the paranormal investigation field to gain information from a, a known haunted house. Uh, how do you personally feel about that? I thought it was, uh, I mean, crazy unique, honestly. I had never heard of a house that was uh, you know, given to paranormal investigators for literally 10 years. And mm -hmm. at the point that we filmed almost 11 years at, at that point and just said, find answers. Uh, you know, I can't live here, but I don't want to sell the house because if I sell it, I'll never get the answers. So if it happens to me again, I'm going to be terrified in life no matter what. So she actually lives in, in a, yeah. uh, you know, a, a different place and uh, doesn't live in this, this mm -hmm. beautiful home. She'll visit it during the day every once in a while. Um, but that's that's about it. Uh, and 
I just knowing that and when I met Alice just seeing how you know things worked you know or, or no but did, you know how things worked in that small town and how they sort of looked at her and, and perceived uh, you know and the stigma attached to her for for what she's going through uh, I thought it was really unique and, and a pretty cool opportunity to to tell a story about that it's a great you know? documentary for anybody who wants to watch it it's called uh, the house uh, uh, the house in between the house in between. the house in between check it out it's it's a great 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 show a uh, movie uh uh produced by steve gonzalez here steve thank you so much for coming on i'm very much looking forward to the new year's day uh special with you mm-hmm. and uh the destination fear uh crew <laughs> as well into joliet i have seen many previous shows of that place it's creepy as hell so I'm I'm have no doubt we're going to be taking on a wild ride. Any final thoughts you want to share before we go? Yeah, uh, thank you everybody for you know following along on our adventures. Uh, it's really a, a great uh, you know uh, humbling and and just uh, awesome experience to be able to share them with you. So thanks for coming along. Uh, Absolutely, thank you it. so much, Steve. Thank you to our audience who is watching this live and who will watch it later on. On behalf of Steve Gonzalez and myself, stay safe and stay walking. Goodbye, everybody. See you.